Online. Welcome to Catholic View. I'm Sheila Pish. Thank you so much for tuning in this Thursday evening. And as you know by now, every Thursday we bring you our women feature. But first, we take a quick look at just some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. Hi, I'm Archbishop Peter Wells, Apostolic Nuncio. Thank you for listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. In your headlines this Thursday evening, Caritas South Africa hosts a capacity-strengthening workshop. Study seminar hosts bishops from four continents in Rome. And Pope to consecrated widows live a life of simplicity and humility. Good evening once again, I'm Sheila Pirish. The salvation that comes from Jesus is not cosmetic, but transforms us. In order to receive that salvation, we have to recognize that we are sinners and accuse ourselves, not others. That was Pope Francis' message for today's morning mass at the Casa Santa Marta. Pope Francis reflected on the day's gospel reading taken from St. Luke, in which Jesus preaches from the boat of Peter and then invites Peter to cast his nets into the deep waters. When they have done this, the gospel says... They caught a great number of fish. Director of Capacity Strengthening at Caritas Internationalis says the work of Caritas is like the leaven in bread. Nasipo Hadebe reports. John Aluish says we are called to witness the love of Christ through the means, competencies and expertise we have. Caritas South Africa is hosting a strengthening workshop in Pretoria to build Caritas branches in the country. The week-long workshop ends tomorrow. Aloysius says each of the approximate 26 dioceses in the country is a socio-pastoral instrument of the church in South Africa. Involved in social work, in social activities, in uh, different kinds of activities where they go to help the people. And, uh, and the key point yesterday was how these activities could be coordinated at the national level so that as, as a Catholic church in South Africa, uh, the whole church is able to witness uh, the love of Christ for the poorest in the country in a coordinated and in a, and in a fraternal manner. As, this, uh, as the bishop said yesterday, we have five loaves and two fishes, and how do we multiply them? A Catholic priest kidnapped last weekend in Nigeria's Delta State has been released and is reportedly in good health after spending his captivity in the open with no food or water. Father Christopher Ogaga, parish priest of the Emmanuel Catholic Church in Nigeria's Delta State, was reportedly released by his captors yesterday. The Nigerian Bishops' Conference has denounced a plague of kidnappings that increasingly affects the nation. A formation seminar for new bishops organized by the Holy See's Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples started on September 3rd and will end on September 15th. Nosipo Hadebe has this report. 74 bishops from 34 countries are participating in the seminar. There are bishops from 17 African countries, 8 from Asia, 6 from Oceania and 3 from Latin America. The intention of the seminar is to offer all the bishops appointed recently in mission territories a period of time at the beginning of their appointment 
to reflect and deepen their life and Episcopal ministry and to dialogue and pray. The bishops will concelebrate Mass with Pope Francis and he will receive them in an audience on the 8th of this month, the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. New details have emerged on U.S. Cardinal Donald Wuerl and his recent conversations in Rome with Pope Francis. CNN first reported the meeting, which took place last Thursday. EWTN News nightly Vatican correspondent Juliet Linley reports. Well, in this conversation, the Pope reportedly told Cardinal Wuerl to discern the situation with his brother priests. And a source is telling News Nightly that Cardinal Wuerl will not preside over this year's Red Mass marking the start of the Supreme Court's new term. It's typically attended by several Supreme Court justices and the Cardinal typically does preside. Meanwhile, next week, the Pope's close advisors, known as the C9, are expected to have their quarterly meeting in Rome. Juliet Lille explains what the Cardinal's saying about former Vatican Nuncio to the U.S. Archbishop Carlo Vigano's testimony. One member, Cardinal Oswald Gracious of Mumbai, India, has he's actually come out in full support of the pontiff saying that Vigano's testimony presents many gaps and that he and the church in Asia are 100% on the side of the Pope. Now, he is the head of the Federation of Asian Bishops' Conferences, and Gracious says he's grateful Pope Francis has chosen not to answer the former nuncio's accusations. Now, Cardinal Pietro Parolin here in Rome last week said that he was not worried by the situation and that the Pope wasn't either. Cardinal Sean O'Malley, the only American member of the C9, hasn't spoken out so far. However, more than 30 bishops across the United States are calling for a thorough investigation into the allegations. And finally, Pope Francis met with the participants attending an international conference for consecrated widows. In his prepared words to the women gathered, Pope Francis underlined how widowhood is a particularly difficult experience, adding that some pour their energies into their children and grandchildren. Lydia O'Kane reports. Pope Francis underlined how widowhood is a particularly difficult experience, adding that some pour their energies into their children and grandchildren. The Pope said that with their consecration, the widows showed that it was possible, with the support of members of the Church, to live a life of service by exercising their family, professional and social responsibilities. Your consecration in widowhood, noted Pope Francis, is a gift that the Lord gives to his church to remind all the baptized that the power of his merciful love is a path of life and holiness, which allows us to overcome trials and be reborn in hope and in the joy of the gospel. I invite you, therefore, he said, to keep your gaze fixed on Jesus Christ and to cultivate the particular bond that unites you to him. Because it is there, in the heart-to-heart with the Lord, listening to his word, that we draw the courage and perseverance to offer the best of ourselves through our consecration and our commitments. Pope Francis then urged the widows to use their experiences to help the young and the poor, showing them the tenderness of God and his closeness in love. In this way, he went on to say, I encourage you to live your consecration in daily life with simplicity and humility. And that was a quick look at just some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. Thank you so much for joining me this Thursday evening. Coming up is our Women Feature. Women 
on the African continent are generally treated as second-class citizens. They do not enjoy the same positions as men. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Some men refuse to invest in the education of their daughters because they say they will soon get married. Because I am female, I'm expected to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the attention of men. Feminist, a person who believes in the social, political and economic equality of the sexes. Women on the Forefront, a program dedicated to women who are making a difference. Welcome back to our Women Feature. September marks Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Although childhood cancer is relatively rare, the incident rate has been increasing. According to a 2014 report by the American Cancer Society, it is now estimated that one in 408 children worldwide will be diagnosed with cancer before the age of 15. Yet with early detection and treatment in pediatric oncology units, globally the survival rate can be as high as between 70% and 80%, with variance depending on the type of cancer. It is estimated that currently less than half of children with cancer in South Africa are diagnosed, and many of those who are diagnosed are in advanced stage of illness. One of the reasons for this is a lack of awareness and knowledge in parts of the health system regarding the early warning signs of childhood cancer. As a result, the Childhood Cancer Foundation South Africa, CHOC, initiated an awareness program to disseminate the early warning signs that the South African Childhood Cancer Study Group drew up. The objectives of the program include ensuring that all children with cancer in South Africa are diagnosed as early as possible and that the early warning signs of childhood cancer are well known in all parts of the health system, including primary health care clinics and all hospitals. Sister Busi works at the Childhood Cancer Foundation South Africa and she spoke to me about the benefits of early detection and the different programs run by the foundation. Chalk is a childhood cancer foundation which was formed by a group of parents Mm -hmm. who actually the lady uh, she was a nurse by profession and she was working at uh, the Johannesburg Hospital now known as Charlotte Matrike her daughter was diagnosed with aplastic anemia and she she is from overseas originally and Mm -hmm. it was just her and her husband and the kids in south africa and she had no one uh, who was a relative around here and she would find herself that she wants to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. and there's no one to talk to except to make international calls Mm -hmm. and she found it to be very expensive in the long in the long run and she asked the 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 doctor who was treating the child at that time that will it be possible will you allow me to gather around the the parents who are in the ward Mm -hmm. so that we can sit and talk and share you know our 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 experiences Mm -hmm. and how we feel then it started that small and now it's now actually a national organization that is 
basically what it is for is to support mm-hmm. the families mm-hmm. of the chi- children that are having cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, the support is like they get emotional support. Chalk has hired social workers, mm-hmm. knowing that our government system is overloaded with work. So there's only one social worker that is responsible for all the pediatric wards. Now we have new parents that have their kids have been diagnosed and the doctors, they need to sit with a social worker to tell the parents the bad news about cancer. So you cannot just overwhelm a person with such information without giving a support system for the person. Exactly. So CHOC has hired social workers and social auxiliaries mm-hmm. to, to, to help with that aspect of support for, for, for the parents. The other support that they give is the chalk houses. Maybe you have heard a long time ago mm-hmm. about the Clover Danone, yes. about the turin that was yes. din- donated to, to chalk. Yes, so those turins, they mm-hmm. bought chalk houses. What these houses are for is they house the kids that are coming fro- far away from the treatment center that cannot afford to travel on daily basis. Okay. So these kids are the kids that are not really sick to be hospitalized, Mm -hmm. but they need treatment on daily basis, on on an outpatient basis. So they are housed at these houses Mm -hmm. and accommodated, given food, and transported to and from the treatment center on daily basis. But if the kids are living around the treatment center and they are only needing about three treatments in a week, then CHOC supports them with transport money. They give them money. But if the treatment is more than two, three days, then it becomes more expensive for mm-hmm. giving money than they, ha- they are housed mm-hmm. at these CHOC houses. We have CHOC houses in East, Lon- in, 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 in East London, the Western Cape. We have choc- a CHOC house in Guazulu in Natal, Peter Maritzbeck. We have a house in two houses in Deep Cliff Extension. We have a house in Saxon World where our office where I'm working is based. All right. Yes. Now, the other challenge that was found by the pediatric oncologist mm-hmm. was that kids are detected, they come to treatment centers very late. Mm. Reason being some of the medical personnel, they don't really think about childhood cancer because it's very rare. One in 650 kids will have cancer. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, the the practitioners don't think about cancer. They think of uh, TB, HIV, and all the other things. And yet the kids do have cancer. So now they saw that need. Now they've employed me. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional nurse by profession. I'm a nurse by profession. Mm -hmm. I've been working in a pediatric oncology unit for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now... My role with CHOC Mm -hmm. is to educate the nurses in the clinics about these early warning signs. That look, guys, Mm. you can look, yes, there's TB, yes, there's HIV, but here are the other signs. These are the other signs that you can find with the kids, and they are the signs for cancer. Now, I'm glad you spoke about that. Let's talk about early signs. You know, I like what you say about your radio station, that you are bringing good news for a change. Okay. That's what I'm bringing to the community as well. Oh, I'm yes. bringing good news. The good news is that these children's cancer, it's far different from adults. Mm-hmm. These, about 85% of them, they can be cured if 
caught at an early stage. Mm-hmm. So that's the glitch between the two, is that mm-hmm. we need to catch them at an early stage. All right. Then they can be cured. Whereas with adult cancer, you only they are only you only hear about the survival rate. Yes. You are a survivor. So with kids, mm-hmm. you cured. You are cured. Okay. We have kids who have survived leukemia who uh-huh. are functional and working and have kids. But what are the signs? How do you know? Yes. There is an acronym that we use, which mm-hmm. is from a, a Russian monk, which uh-huh. was known as Saint Siluan. So w- what he did, we used to pray f- for human kind, from, for human wellness. Mm-hmm. So we are using Siluan as an acronym for these early warning signs. With S, we are saying, seek medical help for persistent symptoms. What we mean by that is that you will get a child who is very sick and you say, no, I need to see a doctor for this. You will take a child to a doctor and the doctor will give you treatment. But you'll finish the treatment and not seeing any change in the symptoms of a child. Mm. So we are saying, we are advising the community that go back to the same treatment provider and explain to him or her that, you know, I brought this child and I finished the treatment that you've given me, but the symptoms are worsening or there are no changes that I'm seeing in the child. And then the treatment provider will now look at other things that he needs to do at further tests or refer the child. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens is most people, they would like to have a second opinion. We do recommend that, but we are saying first go back to the The first, to the same doctor, because when most people don't really take note of the treatment that they are given, that they are taking. People will tell you that I've got it. There was given a yellow syrup for, for, you know. So there are many yellow syrups. There are many pink syrups. So you don't know the exact name of the treatment that you were given. So you will go to another doctor who will give you the same treatment that didn't work. So that is why we are saying go back to the same treater Mm -hmm. so that you get a different kind of treatment or further investigations as to what is wrong with the child. That's right. Yes. But there are instances where medical personnel don't listen to to, to parents. They don't listen at times. Mm. And I apologize on their behalf for that because there's a lot that parents can teach us as as medical personnel Mm. and we don't give them an ear. So if you are faced with that situation, then you can go for a second opinion. All right. Yes. The other sign that we are saying is that I, it's looking at the eye of the child. Okay. Okay. If a child was born without a squint, now, all of a sudden, this child develops a squint. There's a sign, that's a sign that this child might have a cancer of the brain. Mm-hmm. Okay? If the child develops a white spot in the black part of the eye, when you look at the eye, you know normally when you take a picture, mm-hmm. at times when you flash the camera, you will see a red, a red spot. spot yeah. That's a normal eye. Yes. That's a normal eye. But this one, it will have a white spot. You won't see that red spot if there's a cancer in that eye. Mm-hmm. You won't see that red spot. And when you look at it, it's like there's a piece of cotton wool that you can take out, but it's inside the eye. You can't oh, reach right. it. So that's another early sign okay. of a cancer in the eye. Now, at that stage, that eye is not painful. Okay. It's just having that spot. Mm -hmm. 
So people will take their kids to the clinic and the sister would say, no, this will go away. Let me give you some ointment. Mm. And this progresses to such an extent that the child will complain of pain and the eye will swell. And to some instances, it will swell even out and get out of the socket which is bad at that stage. At that stage, there's a possibility that the cancer has spread to the other eye and that the cancer has spread to the brain. Mm. So once the cancer spreads to the brain, it is difficult to cure the, the child. So the child cannot be cured at that rate. But mm. if it was caught early at just that tiny white spot, yes, it could have been cured and the eye maybe have been so saved. Because what we do, we work hand in hand with ophthalmologists. Mm -hmm. So the, if the child presents with such symptoms, it will be taken to the ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist to check how far has the cancer gone. Can the eye be saved? Is there still vision in that eye? Mm. But normally what happens is we normally get them at the late stage and we have to take out the eye. That's the other problem that we have, especially with the black community. People, oh. once you take, you talk, you talk about removing any part of the body, mm -hmm. they are very resistant and yes. they will go away saying we are still going to discuss as a family we allow that that they will go and dis discuss with the family and come back and take out the eye but the majority of them they don't come back and this is at an early stage hey by the time they come back they come back because now the child is in such severe pain the eye has protruded out of the socket oh, and there's a pus all over now they can't manage it mm. then they come back and at that stage the cancer definitely it's in the brain and there's nothing that can be do done to cure the child mm. that's a sad that's reality. a very sad reality it's quite sad to hear this, but at the same time, very informative mm. to know just uh, how we can go about checking our children for yes. early signs of cancer. Yes. Now, sister, you've been doing this work for quite a while. You're quite familiar with the type of work that you do. What is the reaction like from the children that you work with? How are they, once you have explained to them about their situation, about their cancer situation, how is the reaction afterwards? You know what? I love working with kids mm. because kids, they deal with things in their own simple way. Right. Okay. They will, at first, they would be frustrated by the fact that why am I in hospital? Mm. Why am I not allowed to play around with my friends? Because if you get a child with leukemia, mm -hmm. in the first six months of their treatment, they are hospitalized. Sure. So that's a long time for a child to be hospitalized. That's true. But because we deal with social workers, we talk to them mm -hmm. in their own understanding. Given that the parents, I have given permission as well yes. for, 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 for the medical team to talk to a child. We find it to be very beneficial to mm -hmm. a child who knows what's happening with them. They go to such an extent that they would own their treatment. They will tell you when you ask about them about their treatment, what tablets are they taking? Because they drink tablets for three years of this treatment. You and I are struggling to take a five course or five days course of antibiotics, That's true. and these kids are dealing with three years of taking tablets every night. Wow! Without a break. Hmm. Huh. So these are very brave. I found, I found them to be very brave. I have great respect for them. 
And they get so used to the kind of treatment that they are getting mm. that they will tell you that. No, when you ask the mother, uh, which tablet do they take today? No, you say, mom, mom, if mom says something wrong, they will say, no, 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 no. Yesterday I took a full one today. Um, last night I, 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 I took a half one. So they, they would know. They would yeah. know. If you involve them, they would know. One lovely thing about them mm-hmm. is that you will hurt them by putting up a drip on them. Mm-hmm. It's so, obviously. That's right. But they will cry in that instance. But by the time they finish the, the, their treatment, you know, you'll get a hug on the passage. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of dealing with kids. That's so true, eh? That is really the beauty of dealing with kids. I love what you said. They are very simple. Yes. You know? No yes. no complications. No complications. They take things as they come. Yes. Unlike adults whereby yeah, we you need know, a whole lot look, of counseling yeah. and and adults have so much grudges yes. against the medical personnel. They'll go to an extent and say, I know where the sister catches her taxi. I'll get her. <laughs> you know? And you, forgetting that oh you, you did what you did, you had to put up a drip because they needed the treatment. Exactly. And yet with the kids, no, they will grow to such an extent that they will show you, no, this is the good one, sister. Don't mm-hmm. puncture that one. This one is the good one. I know this one will work. How can we contribute? How can we help? You can contribute actually by making the awareness. Mm-hmm. People must be aware that there is childhood cancer and it can be curable provided we work together with the community and detect the signs. Right. Okay. One other thing is I normally say, yes, we appreciate all the donations that the people are making, but the greatest donation that mm-hmm. anybody can give these kids is blood donation and the bone marrow donation. Now, mm-hmm. a child who's having leukemia, yes. by the end of three years, they might have used about 30 pints of blood. Oh, my. Because when, when, when you give chemotherapy, chemotherapy kills all the cells yes. in the blood. Yes. You yes. have your white cells, you have your platelets, you have your, your hemoglobin. Mm-hmm. Now, all these three cells are very crucial in a person. Now, when you give chemotherapy, it doesn't just choose the cancerous cells. It wipes of all, all the, the cells. cells. So if they if their platelets are low, we have to give them platelets. So if we have people who are platelet donors, mm. the regular platelet donors will be helping these kids, you know? If we have people who are donating blood on a regular basis, mm. these people will help because if the hemoglobin of the child, which is very important in transporting oxygen all over the body, mm-hmm. if the hemoglobin is low, then we need to give this child blood. Okay, mm-hmm. and this helps as well. Now, there's another one that we we are struggling with, especially mm-hmm. the black community. Yes, it's the bone marrow registry. Yes, tell us. A what. child who needs a bone marrow transplant mm-hmm. cannot get a match from a white person, a black child. Is that so? Yes, it needs to get it from a black person. So there aren't any black people in the in the uh, bone marrow registry. Mm. The whites are privileged because they can even search for a donor from overseas. That's true. But with blacks, we can't. We don't have that mm. legacy. So, so how can we help? Where can we go to to register? There's a Sunflower Foundation. Mm. The Sunflower Foundation is responsible for, for bone marrow uh, donations. What you do is simple. It's just that they will take your blood. Mm-hmm. They will take. They don't 
take the bone marrow initially. They will take the blood and check your 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 profile of your of your blood mm. who can you match and then they'll keep your record okay should there be any child in south africa that needs a bone marrow a donation and doesn't have a sibling that matches mm-hmm. then if you are a match then they'll give you a ring and say you we found somebody who needs bone marrow tra- uh, transplant and you have been a match Mm. So you have helped somebody. You've saved their life. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Thank you so much for your time. Sister. Thank you, Sheila. I want to leave my footprints on the sands of time. Know there was something that and something that I left behind. When I leave this world, I'll leave no Something to remember So they won't forget I was here I lived, I loved I was here I did, I've done Everything that I wanted And it was more than I thought it would be I will leave my mark so This has been your Thursday's edition of Catholic View. But before I say my goodbyes, I'd just like to mention that the winner, or rather the first person to answer the question correctly to the question I asked yesterday, which was, who did Pope Francis canonize on the 4th of September 2016? And the answer, of course, is Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Well, I got that first answer from the following number, 817 and ends with 602. The number starts with 817, ending with 602. So if that's your number, please do call us tomorrow morning before 12 o'clock on 011-663-4700 to claim your tickets for Saturday's premiere of Cirque Infernal taking place at the Joburg Theatre. Well then, with that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I'll be back again tomorrow evening at the same time. God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Sheila Pierce.